Welcome. I'm Lauren Rosen, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm Kelly Frankie, licensed marriage and family therapist. And this is Purely OCD. Kelly and I are OCD specialists who happen to also be in recovery from OCD ourselves. Each week we meet to talk about all things OCD, one topic at a time. You may notice we try to bring a little levity and humor to our discussion around this deeply painful disorder, as this has been a very powerful tool for our own recovery as well as our clients. We tend to cover obsessions, compulsions, and exposures. There's also a Q&A at the end. If you would like, you can join us in the future. We meet on Mondays at 12.30 Pacific time on Instagram Live. And if you do find this podcast helpful, please leave us a review so we can gain more visibility to reach more people like yourself and help spread awareness of what it's like to live with OCD. Quick reminder, this is not intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only. So without further ado, here is this week's episode. Hey. Hey. Raindrops on roses and whispers (laughs) on kittens. (laughs) We're going to start from the top, all right? Yeah. These are a few of our favorite things. This about is welcome. OCD. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Purely OCD. We are going to be talking about our favorite things, quote unquote, favorite, meaning the tricks that OCD plays that are a pain in the rear reindeer. The, focus. Re- yeah. oh, the rear reindeer. <laughs> wonder who's in the back of the pack. You know, we always hear about Rudolph being up front, but you never know. So, oh, thank God for you. I need that. <laughs> Santa's well, in the back. Uh, oh, uh, of course. Um, so if you have questions related to OCD, uh, we, we're going to try st- to stick with one topic that we'll be deciding today as we, as we go. Um, but if you have questions, throw them in the, the little question mark situation in the lower right-hand corner and, uh, hopefully we'll get around to a- answering some. Yeah. And this week we're, we're hoping to talk a little bit about mental rumination as it is, uh, a not so favorite experience. It is a not <laughs> not so favorite experience. Of Very unsavory, unsavory experience. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so welcome. And also, this is not a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only, folks. That is so true. Thank you for for reminding everybody. Mm-hmm. And with all of that said, yeah, should we just so we talk about? the yield mental compulsions, man, let's just get into it. So, and these are saved by the way, we have the, uh, all of these are saved on our Instagram lives. We have a YouTube channel and, uh, we're actually just side note available on podcast apps too now. So like iTunes, like, like iTunes, like, like, uh, I don't even know what else the Google, the Google of iTunes or Apple podcasts, whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Spotify. Spotify. That yes. Spotify is one yeah, of them. Right. Wow. Pod really good at this Podbean. Um, um, yeah. So uh, do we want to stick with rumination or do we want to talk about all, all of the fun mental compulsions that yeah, let's smattering of them. Sure. Could everyone just put like a little heart if you all have experienced mental rumination or mental compulsions, aka the same thing? Yes. Yep. I'm so curious. 
Yeah. Our podcast is called Purely OCD. That is right. And yeah, because that's one of, I have to say it's my my OCD loves ruminating. It's like its favorite thing. Like it's a legitimate favorite thing to do. Oh yeah. We're getting lots of hearts. (laughs) You're not alone guys. You're not alone. You're so not alone. Yeah. Yeah. Thousands of hearts. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Exponential infinity. (laughs) Infinity hearts. So yeah. So do we want to start with the misnomer of purely OCD? Oh yeah. Cause it's or pure. Oh, I mean, not purely OCD. Well, but that's where the, the purely OCD title came from. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, the, the idea of Puro and, and yeah, why don't you take a lead, girl? Do it. So um, Dr. Stephen Phillipson coined the term pure O, pure obsessional OCD. So meaning people were being seen uh, clinically presenting with OCD, but not necessarily these very physical compulsions you might typically see like uh, hand washing, counting, checking, things like that. But what was going on was a lot of mental compulsions that people don't observably see. So there are compulsions involved. They're just not very overt and obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So well it's it's a great tool in, in identifying and really helping people feel validated in that their OCD might be different than somebody else's. And it helps us give a language to things to talk about it clinically and such. But at the end of the day, OCD is OCD and everyone's compulsions just look different. Absolutely. And that's the thing, even though it's, it's termed pure obsessional, even Stephen Phillipson would say, I think. He would. And he has. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's just a a way of uh, like, it's a shortcut and it's a way that people do understand that said, as we talk about this, we have to unpack the fact that it's not all obsessional and, and how do we determine what's obsession and what's mental compulsion? Right. And I think the short answer to that, obviously it's probably going to be a lot of what we talk about, but the short answer is that we, anything that is that we're trying to figure something out. Anytime we're trying to figure something out, Mm -hmm. that's probably compulsion. Any, if we have a thought pop in that we can't control, like just one that comes on up and it's like, Oh, Hey, you know, that's (laughs) hello. Are you not busy today? Are you? Uh, you Oh, good. (laughs) Cause for the next eight hours, we're going to really try to solve whether or not, you know, this is really a real universe and not an alternate one. Yeah. Just, or we're going to try and solve the mystery of your sexual orientation. You're <laughs> <Yeah>. welcome. <laughs> yeah. Go enjoy your day. I'll be yeah. here in your mind. Yeah. Which th- that's the thing though. So the, the, the thought pops in, but then it's your call as to whether or not you go with it, you know, whether or not you then spend, now it will pop up throughout the day, like the next eight hours, right? Whether you like it or not, probably, but whether or not you then spend a bunch of time looping over it for the next eight hours and trying to figure it out or just noticing it every time it pops in, like, Hey buddy, glad you're still alive. Thank you. Thanks for checking in. Great. Good job. Yeah. 
that's, you know, right. that that's the choice. And there's so much freedom in that choice. Yeah. But it's just convincing someone to let go of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Convincing somebody to let go of rumination. Yeah. Because it seems so risky. In, yeah. Oh, and important. Important. Totally. Yeah. Like you're turning your back on it. If you, it's like, it's the truth is just 10 minutes of rumination away. <laughs> it's all, I know it sounds right. Absurd. Yeah. It sounds absurd talking out loud, but I think that it's fair to say that anyone listening to this or watching this knows exactly what the heck I'm talking about. Oh, well, I certainly do. I can't speak for everyone else, but, right. but I think that part of it too, is that obviously problem solving is something that most people are rewarded for. Yes. Right? And mm-hmm. what were you going to say? I was going to say, we should probably bring up generalized anxiety too. And this, this huge spectrum, right? Like the typical mind, this generalized anxiety, OCD, right? It's everyone ruminates Yep, to varying degrees. It's so true. In fact, I would say they, they call the compulsion element in generalized anxiety usually like in the diagnosis of it, worrying, like the worrying. act of worrying, but it's rumination. It's, yeah, yeah, exactly. As if there's any amount of worrying that's not excessive. Yeah. Like you don't really need to do that for anything. No, worry is not helpful. Problem solving, yes. Yes, I'll, I'll, I do a fair amount of problem solving because, you know, it's necessary. Life has a lot of, uh, I don't know, roadblocks to navigate, but. I like that you <laughs> spun that in such a kind way. Life has lots of problems, folks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there are. There are lots of uh, Lots, lots of problems. non-problems, but also I just feel like being negative Nelly today. No, not like Kelly. It. What? Not You're Kelly, not... but Nelly. Oh my gosh, that's your alter ego. Mm-hmm. I've never. Yeah. How have I never put that together before? I actually have no idea. I just came up with it. But anyways, that's awesome. um, do we? Do you want to talk a little bit about defining what problems? Since you're on here, and I think it's really important for most people to know defining what problem solving is versus rumination and worry. I would love to do that. Thanks for cool. the invitation. Mm-hmm. So in terms of problem solving, it's usually geared toward actionable steps, right? It's, it's looking at maybe looking at the issue so that we can figure out what we want to do next and how we want to approach the issue, whatever it might be. Um, and so that, that, action piece. Like it's, it's formulating a, like a plan of action moving forward. Uh, generally it's time limited. And that's, I think a really important point in differentiating between the two, because as anyone here who's gotten caught in rumination knows, uh, mm-hmm. that's not time limited. That's, uh, it's infinity, right? You can do it forever. Um, so in terms of mental compulsions, rumination, uh, active worry, whatever we're talking about in, in that in that realm, it 
it usually is something where you're going over and over the same information that you've already been over before. Right. And there's usually not an answer to be found. No. Right. Like there's no, and oftentimes I think this is true with a lot of subtypes of OCD. Um, most of them, in fact, that you, there's no answer to the questions that are being posed. Just great. Am I in the right relationship? Am I actually living in reality? What if I'm actually bisexual and not gay? Uh, You know, as a few examples, what if these uh, thoughts mean that I might want to harm somebody someday? Like there's no, like, how do you figure out the answer to those questions? Well, right. You don't. (laughs) Yeah. Answer. Yeah even if if we're looking at generalized anxiety stuff is like, you know, will like, does, does my child have COVID because schools basically send your child home with one symptom and you have to go get tested to bring them back. Um, I'm not worried about it anymore because it's constantly happening, but that seems like a reasonable worry to be like, Oh, what if this? And then, my worry thoughts more like, what if she has to be home for the next two weeks? Yeah. Oh, <sighs> yeah. No but, big deal. Just could you like work and live your life and then also take care of a child? And there, there, of course, there's going to be anxiety about right. that coming to pass. That would be a challenge. Well, and it seems rational that someone would be like, oh yeah, that's definitely something that's worth worrying about. Right. Cause it's like this mm-hmm. real life thing that's happening. But I would argue that this is not helpful. Problem solving is, is that I need to get her tested and I have to send that back and I can allow the feelings of fear to be there and anticipation and my brain to be like, okay, who do we have to reschedule and squish into this time period? And who do we have to call? And, but that's useless because she could come back negative, which she has thus far. So just saying there's no amount of worry. The helpful question is a really important one. Yeah, that, right. that you just brought up is—is is this helpful? Yeah, it's not. Right. No, it's not helping me get to my goal, which is to find out whether or not she has it, so I can send her back. It's mm-hmm. not. Well, and you, to continue on with all of the other stuff in your life that you need to do, like it's not right. helping with anything. In fact, quite the contrary. It that's that's maybe the the saddest thing about it. It's interfering with your ability to move forward. It is. Yeah. It sure is. And be present. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So basically what OCD does, it's like, listen, let's spend a whole bunch of, <gasps> nor generalized anxiety. Listen, let's spend a bunch of time trying to figure out something. Um, you'll always be like an, a, a moment away, like a breath away from the answer And in the meantime, you're going to ignore all of the things that actually probably do need your attention because you're so busy trying to figure out this thing that has no answer. Mm -hmm. Like, why are you feeling sad? (laughs) I don't know, Rain. No. Yeah. (laughs) Nope. We don't go there. We don't go there. I don't know. Why am I anxious? Mm? Not today. 
maybe it's because I'm relapsing. Cool. Thanks. Right. Awesome. This feeling's never going to go away. Fun. Fun. Fantastic. Well, going back I guess, to typing because it's winter. That's a good answer. <laughs> Why am I sad? Because it's winter. Um, by the way, if anyone has questions, uh, throw them in the little question mark bubble to the lower right and, and hopefully we'll get to some, uh, some stage. Um, yeah, you let me know when you, we should do it. Well, no, I just, I, I saw questions coming through and I want to make, make sure we didn't miss them. Oh yes. Um, so we, we've been talking a lot about this sort of general term of rumination, which maybe we want to talk a little bit more about what that means. Um, but also like some of the other manifestations, uh, like we already talked about worrying. So like the active weighing back and forth, like, will this happen? Won't it happen? How do I know? But maybe like breaking down some of the, the different categories would be helpful. Of rumination. Well, and of, of just different mental compulsions. Like for instance, you might, uh, mentally check, you might mentally, you might count, uh, you might pray, you might review the past and compare to the future or vice versa. Yeah. Um, try to rehearse, try to yeah. rehearse. You may just overanalyze every single thing that just triggered you and to try to figure out why it happened mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to define, find meaning in it somehow. Well, that's true for all of it. But. No. And I think actually, I love the term mental analysis because I think that sometimes it's even clearer than the idea of rumination, right? It's maybe better understood. Right. So hats off to that. I, yeah, because it is, it's just like, I'm going to sit here with a magnifying glass. I'm going to stare at all of this until I can figure it out. Right. And I know we've had this conversation not that long ago where well, I was like, rumination is by definition, somebody who eats her food, chews it, swallows it and spits it back up. And then we were cracking up because it's like, disgusting <laughs> but that's what we're doing mentally ruminating we are chewing the same content swallowing it and then going no i don't think so i think Not i want to keep thinking about it. i want to keep chewing on it yep a little longer a little longer that's it chew the that's where chew the cud comes from right and it's mm -hmm. i actually just posted about this not very long ago i about the i real, saw it's yeah. good very <laughs> good i was like oh i know yeah oh yeah uh, those, those cows and their, their multiple mm -hmm. stomachs. Let's just keep throwing it up and see what happens. So yeah, don't do that. That's a bad plan. <laughs> just saying. And I, I did see something go by about somebody who, who lost, um, an, a pet recently. I'm so sorry for your loss. I think mm -hmm. the thing about rumination that's important to talk about is that it, it's, it's often a symptom of depression as well. Not saying that that's what this is, this person is going through, but, um, it can be linked to sadness just as much as it can be linked to anxiety. Yeah. And I think it's totally normal to grieve the loss, right? But we don't want to sit there and go, okay, at what point is it interfering with my daily functioning? Right. And to say, I'll leave space for grieving and sadness and that's true for all feelings, but at some point it becomes interfering. And then we say, okay, is this feeling getting me closer to my goal? 
yeah. and looking at it in that analytical way in a light analysis. No light <laughs> analysis, light. That's funny. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. The, no, you're so right about that, that how much we want to let the feelings dictate whether or not we're spending long periods of time sort of, again, chewing on the same information and reflecting and comparing versus being present. And that doesn't mean that it won't hit you. Grief hits, hits us all the time. Um, but it's about saying, oh yeah, I'm sad. Let me feel sadness instead of trying to resolve the sadness by reviewing it in your mind over and over again, which it, you know, it doesn't resolve anything, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Right. Mm. <clears throat> so I was going to say something about this mental rumination and, um, so we're talking about analysis. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, comparing the past, emotional checking. I, I said mental checking, like, which I think of more as like reviewing a moment where you've like checked the light to try to remember, like, do I remember turning the light oh, off? Yeah. Do I remember opening the pills today? Yeah. Yeah. Do I remember it being on my tongue? Yeah. Same thing. Um, versus emotional checking where it's like, Oh, well, how do I is, feel? How do I feel right now? Do I feel depressed right now? What do I, do I feel right. sad right now? Do I feel uh, anxious right now? Am I aroused right now? Exactly. The good old groins. The groins. <laughs> the groinals. <laughs> the groinals. Um, checking, you know, your vision too. To be like, oh, did I just see something? Like oh yeah. Floaters or hallucinations. Like, did I just hear something? Mm-hmm. Let me hear, For let people me who have can... obsessions related to mental health and whether or not, what if I'm psychotic or what if I become psychotic? Yep. Or, or the benign ones too. But yeah, that's the one I yeah. was thinking of. Well, and you mentioned the floaters, which I think, yeah, that's more of the yeah. benign potentially, or that could veer into health anxiety or OCD related to health, right? Where it's Yay. like, why am I seeing things in my vision? Does it mean that there's something wrong with my vision? I should probably think more about that. Right. Let me check my heartburn. Do I have heartburn? Oh my gosh, I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> Go into physical symptoms. <laughs> wow. We went there fast. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. Just to yeah, clarify about this, this idea about OCD and hallucinations. We're saying that some, some people have uh, obsessions primarily about whether or not they might have some form of mental illness that is not OCD. So for example, they might like the, one of the primary worries that we see is psychosis. What if I'm psychotic? What if, uh, I'm delusional? What if I'm seeing things? Um, and then sometimes people will have concerns about, uh, being, uh, having bipolar disorder, having borderline person, yeah, borderline personality disorder. Those are, I think, the, the key yeah, key bipolar ones. and schizophrenia or psycho, any psycho, psychotic. Oh, and depression, because then that dovetails beautifully into the realm of self harm. Good point. Yeah. Oh, the, it's the Venn diagram. Mm-hmm. That's going to be an exciting one to try and. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's just beautiful marriage of all of them. Yeah. Um, so what we're asking you to do 
is to say, and every cell in your body is like, oh, we got to figure this out. This is really important because this could mean your fill in the blank, your identity, your uh, current state of your life, your partner choice, your mental health, your health, physical health. And we're saying, so don't do that. And that's a tall order. That's really hard to do. And it's not without, we're not saying spend no time thinking about it. Mm-mm. We're not saying that it doesn't make sense to briefly reflect on, okay, is there anything to this? Or is this just the random thing that popped into my brain today? Uh, and if there are no strong facts that would suggest you spend a lot of more time on it, then we're saying, you know, at a certain point, doesn't make sense to keep going with it. Doesn't it, it, that's just going to detract from your life. Right. And it's going to make you more dependent on that behavior. So now every time that you're worried or when, every time that you feel fear, you're going to be dependent on ruminating, analyzing fill in the blank. Right. Um, which sucks. Yeah, it does suck. It's hard. It is hard. Um, it is hard. Do Do you want me to go through some of the questions? Because I think some of them actually bleed into this. Yeah, let's do it. And by the way, um, as you're looking through the questions, since you since you brought up the this is hard question, um, if, if, if that's something that comes up a lot in treatment, and it may be something that Kelly and I discuss in in future episodes, or maybe even this one. Who knows? Um, but uh, Drew Linsalata and I actually talked about this recently, how to navigate the, you know, the sort of um, common refrain of, but it's hard because that can sometimes interfere with treatment too. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. So this person said, what should the ultimate goal in treatment be? Thought stopping, managing the thoughts. So... Right. Thoughts, thoughts. Thought stopping is a not a good plan. No, it's it's a compulsion. It's saying don't do this. Like we're avoiding it by doing that, and we're saying no. We want to allow the worry thought to be there, right? The worry thought is, what if I'm not actually attracted to men? Okay, so we're not saying don't think that. We're just thinking. We're just saying let that thought be there, but we're not going to answer it. We're not going to analyze it. We're not going to try to figure it out. We're just going to say, there's the thought, has these feelings, acknowledge it exists, drop the mental rumination, proceed with life. Proceed. <laughs> and let, it seems and let, so easy, but it's not. It does seem easy because it's a, it's a simple thing, just not easy. Uh, the, the thing is, it's sort of like leaving the question floating in the air, right? Like you could, if you can imagine just it, it just being there. Oh, I'm not going to touch it. I don't need to do anything about it. It's just, that's part of what it means to look out of my eyeballs right now. And it's going to be there (laughs) (laughs) in the sky. (laughs) In my, with my brain through my eyes. Yes. I remember the first time I, when I did learn about mindfulness and one of the first things that you learn is is like thought, thought noting, like noting your thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. I had so much anxiety, shocking, you know, <laughs> sh- most shocking thing ever That's weird. about noting my thoughts. Cause I was like, Oh, there's one. Blah, blah, blah. 
there's this one and there's that. And then, and am I doing it right? Well, it was just constant. I was for, yes, but for me it was, and when I had my last big flare of OCD, it was like, I got to catch every single one as if they're super important. I don't know why I'm sharing that, but it just made me think about how even noting a thought can be very complex. Yeah. 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 No. And I think that's that sort of, that's down to like, if I want to catch them all because I want to make sure that I'm doing this in a way that, that stops them basically. Right. right. Isn't that generally what drives that? I know it is for, it has been for me. Like I got to get them all. Totally. Um, Absolutely. That's exactly what it was. Absolutely. And then there's also the, uh, I, in my own experience, I will say, oh, well, am I using the right labels to note my thoughts? Oh, that's there's a good like, one. There's judging and, and thinking and questioning and right. What, uh, there are some labels that some meditation teachers will have you do. I'm like, well, which are the right ones? And should I be noting them like this? Or should I be noting them like that? Right. Like the same sort of yeah. wanting to do it right. Actually, this reminds me of the good story where we went to a, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't get into this. Oh, do you want to talk about Youngie? Yeah, yes. Youngie Mingyur Rinpoche. We went to see him and Sam Harris talk in uh, LA yes. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Very and good. He, what, was there anything specific about Youngie? He's, so, a, he's a monk, by the way. <laughs> and he has panic. And he was... He, so precious. I don't know. He really is. Well, he's really sweet and unassuming. He is. And he, and he was saying how no matter what he tried to do to try to get rid of panic, his panic, it was just constant. He's like, I run uphill, panic, follow. I come downhill, (laughs) panic, follow. And then he finally comes to this conclusion. It's like, I have to welcome panic. I have to let panic in and share tea with panic. And that's what we're talking about, which you know, sometimes you have to do all these safety behaviors to try to get rid of it and hit rock bottom before you're like, all right, you know what? I'm going to do it the way, like all these people, these experts are saying I have to do it. So see what happens. I I guess I'll try this. It's so true. If you haven't tried the other way for a time, at least with some topic, you're probably not going to be motivated. Right. To, to stop because, because it does kind of work temporarily sometimes for, yeah. but then it, then it comes back and it gets worse. So it's, it's not worth it, but you kind of have to learn that on your own. You do. I did you do. anyway. <laughs> I think most people do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So right. hopefully we answer that person's question. Um, give me a second. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to pick stuff that's on topic. So if we don't get to yours, it's nothing personal. It's just for sake of re-listening um, for folks looking at the topic. We want it to be applicable. So as Kelly's looking, I wonder if you guys, if anyone relates to any of the specific types of mental compulsions that we've we've mentioned thus far and want to sort of throw them in the, the thread again so that people... Uh, know that they're not alone in this. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. might be a kind of a fun experiment. Um, okay. So this person's asking, okay, so I noticed the thought 
Um, then do I purposely redirect to something totally random? Such a good question. Mm-hmm. It is a good question. I would, my, my uh, shall I? Yes, please. Okay. Um, my initial inclination is that it, it doesn't need to be something totally random. If we're redirecting toward anything, like almost grasping to try and, and put our attention somewhere else, the, I, I would be suspect of some potential for, uh, sort of sneaky thought stopping, trying not to think about it, which is not the idea. The idea is redirecting towards something that matters to you more than rumination. Um, so that might be a TV show, which somebody might think is random, but I, you know, it's more important to me to relax and enjoy my television show than it is to try to figure out whether or not I'm living in an alternate reality. So thank you brain. I'm back to the TV show. And then you're watching the TV show for like 20 seconds. And then all of a sudden there's this other invitation to come back and figure it out. And you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Back to the TV show and, and so on and so forth. But you can do it with, you can do it with anything. And most things are going to be more important to you than trying to figure out something with certainty that you can't figure out. Except it's going to be really hard. Yes. Challenging, but you are capable of doing it. You just have to be willing to experience that hot shot of anxiety. Right to the amygdala, right there. Pow. Straight to the, Straight to the, the old brain gonads. <laughs> right there. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, and initially it's going to be very uh, challenging in thinking like, okay, it's just going to come back in a couple minutes. It might come back in a couple seconds. Like it's going to yeah. be you building a muscle and that's just going to take time. But that doesn't mean it's not helpful and it's not working. It's just practice. Yeah. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. And I, I think it would be helpful for, for people watching to maybe hear a little bit about this that, that's related to, to this question um, and what we're talking about. It, is that this is why it's potentially problematic to like withdraw from work for a time or withdraw mm-hmm. from school for a time for a time which a lot of people think okay I'm gonna I'm gonna stop working I'm gonna stop school and I'm just gonna focus on my treatment which right. sounds good in theory however if <laughs> <laughs> if you leave a vacuum there where, you know, there once was oh, a, a power focus, vacuum, it is, it's like, it'll suck you right in. Um, did you like that sound effect? I hope. That yeah, was. that was really good. Wow. <laughs> that was great. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, I think that not having something that matters to you, that's meaningful and purposeful for you to do uh, generally doesn't support recovery. That's not to say there are some instances in which, you know, and if you're seeing a therapist and that's the route that you're taking, you know, far be it from me. It's, you know, not, this is, again, it's not therapy, not, not trying to give direct advice here. It's just, that's part of the thinking process around this is, well, does it make sense for me to sit in my room all day and, and try and focus on treatment? focus on treatment, maybe going out and, and having a treatment focus in terms of how you respond to things, but, you know, hanging out with and your that, friends. 
Right. And that might be required uh, depending on the severity of the OCD, but it's not the long-term plan. And we're not waiting for things to get better before we get into our life. We have to just get into it with being still having intrusive thoughts, with still being inundated with them, because you are going to have to learn to make coffee with intrusive thoughts, drive to work with intrusive thoughts, talk to colleagues with intrusive thoughts. So that is the stuff that a treatment provider cannot help you through. You have to do it on your own. And mm -hmm. I think if you're in treatment and doing it, that would be far better for you. Mm -hmm. Agreed. But plus all the stuff you said, of course, but just wow. we'll add on. I know. I, I like it. I like okay. all your add-ons and your uh, initials. Cool, cool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I did see somebody put some uh, some mental compulsions that were among their favorites in the chat. Uh, I don't know if more than one person may have done that because I don't necessarily always see things flying by. But I'll share them while I'm looking. Uh, yeah, let's see if I can find them. They were... No, I can't. Now I can't scroll back through. It's, oh, that's okay. Whatever. Uh, but yeah, I think it's, it's important to recognize that you can, you can have more than one uh, and you can use them interchangeably. They're, it's not like you have to make a choice and, and stick with it. Um. Hmm. So this is a therapist asking, um, with ERP, should the goal be complete lack of compulsions or is reduction okay? So I think we would both say that there's no possible way that somebody is going to be totally free of compulsions. Um, that's just not possible. Like, you know, it's natural. Just like we were talking about, like, uh, the average person is going to ruminate. And that's true for the average person, which is somebody who has OCD. Um, and I personally think that there's a lot of behavior that gets pathologized in OCD treatment. So if you are not a treatment provider who, who treats OCD and maybe doesn't have OCD, and I'm not saying that that is this case, and I'm not saying that's generally, but oftentimes people will be like, oh, well, that's a compulsion. That's a compulsion. Like, Not everything's a compulsion. Yeah. <gasps> oh yeah. <laughs> Not everything is a compulsion. Like sometimes we need assurance because we're just human. Right? right. So that's just, it's tricky, I guess. Yes, I totally agree. And, and Kelly and I have both been sort of, uh, stigmatized in moments in our lives in various moments in our lives and and sort of said when people say to you oh well you're being kind of compulsive it's like okay yeah, you're well, weaponizing my OCD now actually yeah so, yeah so so back, I'll remember back that. off Barbie um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you knock it off don't weaponize my OCD okay thanks okay and th this is not related to the question, by the way. No. Oh, no. Sorry, yeah. Jenny. No, this yeah. is not about you. I just Jenny, you're general. awesome. You're amazing. Yeah. Look, you're mm -hmm. treating OCD. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I think that 
it's as somebody who historically has gotten into obsessing about compulsing and trying to eradicate compulsions entirely, because I think that that all or none piece, it's where trying to avoid compulsions becomes a compulsion. God, yep. This disorder. So, yeah. but inception, just like yeah. folding, folding yeah. in on itself. Yeah. Oh, oh. Collapsing. So I think that if, generally speaking, having sort of a, a more free-flowing attitude with it all. Like, yeah, sometimes I'm going to get caught and that's okay, especially with mental compulsions because more often than not, you're going to catch them after they've started. And so if the goal is complete lack of compulsions, then you're going to see that as a failure versus, oh no, this is totally normal. This is, I, I don't have con complete control over my mind and I'm not, I'm not hypervigilant of it because I don't want to miss my life by just staring at my brain all the time. So. Right. Think, and then yeah. that's it, right. Is like the, it's not just other people, it's ourselves that is pathologizing compulsive behavior. And it's like, well, but you're human and that's okay. You can compulse now and then because you're human. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're going to not realize it until afterward. Like, Ooh, that was a compulsion. That was definitely, that was, hmm, okay, cool. Right. Yeah. Oh, well. And, <laughs> and self-compassion, right. Also honest inventory of yourself, right. Is like, you know, you know, mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. you have gone down the other side of the road, Yeah, we got to get back on the highway. <laughs> so, come back, come back, come back. Yeah. Not on the nearest off ramp. Come back. Yep. Okay. Um, we have a lot of questions. Should we take oh, we do? Maybe, maybe one, one more? One more because I do have to get my. The asset? The asset. Yes. Um, but thank you for that question. That's awesome that, um, you know, to see people out there using exposure and response prevention to treat OCD. Oh, really quick. Someone said, how do you know if ruminating is part of OCD? We know it is because the behaviors that are done in rumination or the, you know, the mental acrobats that go on, AKA rumination or mental analysis is trying to actually directly solve for, or get rid of neutralize that obsessive behavior, hence compulsion. So Yes. It's cycling. Definitely. And you, if you aren't clear as to whether or not for you ruminate, like, let's say, you know, you're experiencing rumination, but you're not sure. And you don't have a therapist go get assessed. Right. Because it can, I think recognizing in case this is what she was talking about or he, I don't know. Why did I just decide your gender? I don't, I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. But, um, that I, yeah, I think going to get assessed by a professional in the context of, of therapy is important if you're not quite clear, um, because you know, it could be several things in theory. Right. Okay. Lots of good questions. You guys. It's hard. Not yeah. Uh, and there's a lot more too. Does it save the questions? It doesn't. 
But the good news is we're here every week, guys. So we're going to be talking about one, some other favorite thing that we have. In fact, we could take suggestions. Yeah, exactly. Um, So this person asks, how should I deal with the thought of, I can't figure this out and I'm a horrible person? Hmm. That's interesting because it kind of reminds me of a conversation that I had with Kelly just just this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Is saying the content is somehow like it's your fault somehow that you're having these thoughts. It's like you didn't wake up and you're like, oh, you know what? I would really like to start having thoughts about being a pedophile because that sounds wonderful. Right. No, this is just, you have OCD. It just happened. You didn't want it. So mm. be kind and above all, hard. above all, be kind. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think that this idea that your inability to figure this out sort of generally like one's, one's inability to, to figure something out as an indication of how good they are as a person or not. It's just, they're, they're not connected. There are plenty of things we can't figure out anyway at all. And that's not about being a bad person or even being not a smart person. It's just, there's a lot of uncertainty out there, you know? Right. And isn't the second part of this statement undermining the entire point of maybe, maybe not, which is, I can't figure this out. I'm not going to, right? And I'm a horrible person. But then you're just agreeing with the thought to be true, that's such a good point that you're basically saying that I have figured out this thought and therefore I am a horrible person. Yeah, you actually <laughs> are undermining if, the entire thing. If you couldn't figure it out, then would that actually make you a horrible person? Right. It, I guess it depends on how the question is is intended, sure. but uh, or how the the statement is that I can't figure this out. Like I'm a horrible person because I'm incapable of figuring this out, or I'm a, I'm a horrible person because I have this thought in the first place. Um, True, right? Yeah. Um, but calling yourself a horrible person typically just generally mm-hmm. we Big don't. No therapists will say it's not a good idea to no. call yourself a horrible person. Never seen that work out too well. No, Um, no, it's not a good one. And it's very all or none too. And it's sort of, uh, when you, when you look at talking to kids, for instance, you don't say good girl, bad girl, you know, or whatever you say, I don't like your actions right now. Right. So choices you've made. Right. This idea that people are either like inherently good or inherently bad, it, it feels really stifling. For people. And that's actually, in some ways, it's kind of a cop-out because if, if you're inherently bad, then, well, there's nothing that you can do about it, you know, versus recognizing, no, I'm not, I'm, you know, not inherently good or bad. I'm just a person. And do, am I cool with the action that I just took? Emphasis on action because the thoughts aren't a reason to be a good or a bad person. Just saying. Right. The action of choosing to not engage and figure it out can make you feel like that, but that doesn't mean it's true. Right. You might have a thought that you're you. yeah. bad because you had, because you're not responding to the thought. Mm-hmm. There Brains. you go. Brains. And I'll end on that, but 
I have to share something about this. It's totally relevant is that last week in PE, the kid, my daughter's school, they had to do a few things. And then I think they were supposed to tell them whether they've been naughty or nice and, you know, blah, 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 blah. So my daughter said to them, mommy, I didn't answer. I told them I'm trying my best. <laughs> I was like, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Hashtag therapist kid. That's yeah, so they're like, good. They're like, we know whose kid that is. Yeah, that that definitely belongs to Kelly. That's yeah. so good. I love that. She says yeah. those things sometimes. It makes my heart she does. happy. Yeah. I know. She, she really does. It's, yeah. it's sinking in. Yep. I can't wait to meet her future therapist, though. Aww. I promise I'll behave. <laughs> okay well, thank you all for joining us we hope you will you come back next week if we didn't get to your questions we're you know we're happy to hopefully uh, get to tackle them at some point on a future episode yes thank you friend thank I you will friend see you on the flip side you sure will bye bye Thanks for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in OCD. If you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. You can find past episodes on our website at purelyocd.com. Remember, this podcast is for you, so please let us know what you would like to hear. We want to make our message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD.